All right, here we go. All righty. Another episode of the California Wrestling Girls podcast. Let's get this music coming down here. Okay, we got Josh Rybeck again, the man in OC. We got myself, Richard Ramos, out here in Pasadena, California. And we have a very special guest today, uh, Jenny Wong. She's been on the world team. She's a world placer, uh, trailblazer. She's a lot of things, of course, but she's extremely humble, too. So, Jenny, thank you for being on today. Oh, thank you guys for having me. All right. So, um, Josh, I'm going to let you start off with the questions. Jenny was uh, very helpful in Fargo this year. She was out there taking care of the kids and helping assist the, the doctors out there. So I'll let you get started, Josh. Yeah, I guess we should add that um, she is a doctor. Um, I believe internal medicine, sports medicine, Jenny? Uh, emergency medicine trained, and um, I did a fellowship in sports medicine. Okay, awesome. And I appreciate you taking care of my daughter when she was out there. So that was oh, a neat I was, connection. <laughs> I was happy to. Thank you. All right. So why don't, um, we, why don't we have Jenny give a little bit of her background first before we jump into our questions? Perfect. All right. Uh, <laughs> I guess um, I was born and raised in Minnesota. I started wrestling in high school uh, freshman year. I uh, was just sitting in math class, and I heard the wrestlers talking about it, and I was like, that sounds like fun. Um, so very unlike me because I was pretty timid, but, um, but I joined the wrestling team and, and uh, never looked back. I, I just discovered that I loved it so much, and um, it's, it's taken me far. All right, so Josh, let's go ahead and jump in then. Um, I guess off that, for, off your just initial statement, um, was the coach uh, surprised? Were you the only girl? Or how were you treated as as a girl? Yeah, um, I was. There was one girl before me, which kind of gave me a little bit of a um, little bit of comfort that there'd be another girl. But um, our coach, he wasn't exactly supportive, but he wasn't against us he was just kind of like well this is gonna the way it's gonna be and um i think you know towards the end of it you know just showing up at practice working hard every day after that you know then he then he was very supportive but it took a little while uh to earn the respect and um did you have anybody in your family that wrestled before you nope no one in my family uh, i came from a soccer family uh, so my dad uh, coached soccer, played soccer. My brother was all state uh, varsity all four years of high school, uh, and he was he was really great at it. And so I had to find my other my own direction. And then I'm I'm way too ADHD for soccer uh, because I would be you know playing soccer as a kid and I'd be like doing cartwheels and picking flowers. So it turns out I need someone in my face all the time. Uh, to be able to compete in a sport. Ah, nice. Go ahead, Josh. Um, I guess skipping ahead a little bit in your whole career, I guess this is taking to what, what girls can do and, and uh, how did wrestling help you, uh, you know, get through college, go through med school, um, help you, you know, have that grind for so long and, and work so hard at that? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Well, I mean, you hear this all over the place, but wrestlers will always say that um, wrestling imitates life or life imitates wrestling. Um, just like in wrestling, uh, you've got, you know, these high goals 
And um, if you think about just the goal, it seems, it seems way too big. Um, but if you break it down into little things, like I'm going to um, just work on this takedown this week until I can take so-and-so down, um, just little, little goals, and then it seems to be more attainable. Um, and then, you know, just in those little steps, if you add them up over years, then you can get um, so much further uh, than if you were just, you know, too intimidated to take the journey on in the first place. Um, and also, uh, with wrestling, you know, you never want to sit back and say, well, I've made it, you know, I'm doing pretty good. And you never want to be uh, content or too comfortable. Um, so you just always want to be growing and, and making yourself better. And then um, you just never stop. Um, if you make one goal, then, then you're going to, then you're, you take a minute to enjoy it, but then, you know, you look at what's next and then just keep setting these goals for yourself. That 2003 world team was pretty impressive. You have you as a doctor, you have Patricia, Patricia Miranda as an, a Yale uh, attorney, uh -huh. uh, super graduate. Uh, you have Sally Roberts, who's, who's now running Russell Act Girl. You, I mean, that's, that's a pretty impressive um, team, you know, uh, going through that. Just thinking, what were some of the things that you felt were probably the biggest challenges, like, as you're in college, I mean, were you on track initially to be a doctor or did that something that's something that eventually developed or, you know, were you just like, nope, I graduated high school. I knew I was going to be a doctor, but I knew I was going to be a, a kick-ass doctor because I was going to be wrestling at the same time. Um, actually, I kind of wanted to be a doctor before I even wanted, even thought about wrestling. Um, so it was kind of always in the future somewhere. Um, I just kind of took a little detour, took a little time off to do the wrestling before um, before I went to med school. Um, so getting, going through college, I went, um, I transferred twice, um, started out with, at Wisconsin, Madison, and then I went to Lock Haven. And then when they started the, the residency program at the Olympic Training Center, then of course I had to go there. So then I graduated, um, it took me seven years to graduate undergrad, you know, with, with all these transfers and going part-time. Um, but um, going to med school was always uh, always going to be part of the journey. Um, and then I had told myself after 2008, you know, win or lose, um, medicine's a long journey, so I, I have to get started. And so that was what that was the uh, the time I set for myself. Okay, now, uh, Josh, I'm sorry, I'm going to jump in here real quick. Um, we run college combines, and we have girls who come in, and they're like, you know, this. This college, these colleges don't have my major. You know, how do you feel about young ladies who, um, do you think it's ill-advised or it's advisable to tell them, listen, you can still finish in that major eventually. You uh -huh. only get to wrestle at this age with this kind of focus one time. Like, is that something that you would like, if they were to come to you and ask, like, what do you think? Uh, I, I'm still competitive. I still want to compete. Uh, you know, how would you how would you advise someone, a young lady like that, who's just like, you know, I still want to compete, but this these colleges don't have my major. You know, what what would you say to someone like that? Uh, sure. I mean, there's there's a little give and take. I mean, I went to Wisconsin Madison because it's a very good academic school, um, but you know, with the wrestling, that path took me somewhere else. But I was still able to make it happen. Although, you know, if 
there's not a major available, that's kind of tough. Um, there's a lot more women's teams now, so I hope that's less of a problem. Uh, when I started college, there was only one, one uh, college women's team, and that was uh, University of Minnesota Morris. Uh, but now there's like, I don't know, 20, maybe more college yeah, teams. Almost 30, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, there's a lot more choices. And so um, I would encourage them to, you know, not just give in to, you know, the first, first school that talks to them, but to kind of investigate the academic side because hopefully you can get both. Yeah, I know for me, typically I tell them, well, what do you want to major in? You know, mm -hmm. if it's something like sports medicine, physical mm -hmm. therapy, I'm like, well, see if they have a kines program. Yeah, most mm -hmm. of your stuff's gonna be on a on a graduate degree anyways. It's not gonna be off your bachelor's. Very That's few true. very few um, you know, bachelor's degrees are gonna get you that career that you want. Maybe engineering, maybe some business, something like that. But I go, but majority of the education that you're gonna want for a career is gonna be your graduate degree. So mm -hmm. maybe try to find something along those lines. Yes, if that's their aspiration, there is uh, that is another way that they can be flexible. Like for med school, you can you can graduate in art and, and you can go to med school, but you'd maybe have to pick up a few extra classes. But um, that's a good point. That's another way to be flexible and, and go to the college that you want. Nice. Go ahead, Josh. Um, up, I guess you said 2008, you stopped competing internationally. When did you, when was your first international trip? At, at what age or at what time was your first international trip? Um, let's see, that was uh, 1998, I believe. Um, it was junior world championships and that was in Romania. That was a long time ago. Lots of change. Yes. That, huh? yes. Yep. <laughs> so, very much so. So at the junior level back then, was it, was there Fargo? Like what was the process to make that junior team back then in 98? Yeah, there was no Fargo at that time. Um, I never had that during my career. So it, it was just amazing. There was, I think 499 girls or entries for the girls, and that's, that's amazing. Um, but uh, uh, there was just basically uh, junior nationals, and then um, whoever won that uh, got to go. Okay, awesome. Um, now, when you, can you talk to us about, a little bit about your, your Fargo experience this year? Uh, some of the things you, made, you might have seen, not necessarily, obviously not names, but uh, just that, you know, some, is, was there any scary moments for you, you know, being on the medical staff, you're one of the first responders, you're there. Uh, anything that really like kind of caught you off guard? Um, nothing crazy. I mean, I did a residency in emergency medicine, so there was no one, you know, with their guts hanging out or, or, or having a massive heart attack or anything like that. So there wasn't anything um, over the top, thankfully. Um, but um, there were some kids that weren't feeling very good. And, um, that's never fun to see. And especially, you know, when, when you know, uh, you've been in the same position or had a similar injury and, and they can't, they can't compete anymore. I mean, that stuff that, I mean, I feel that, but nothing too crazy. Okay. Josh, um, out of your whole wrestling career, what's the most memorable moment for you? Like what sticks out is like, this was just the best for me or the most memorable that meant the most. Yeah. Um, well, going back to our 2003 team, um, if you remember, um, that was the first time that everyone on a team had medaled. 
Um, but, you know, Japan and their amazingness, uh, they got more goals than we did. And so they had actually <laughs> rubbing in. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they actually won the world championships, you know, despite not having seven medalists. So um, just over a month later, we had the World Cup in uh, Tokyo, Japan. Um, and so we knew that we had to bring it. And um, Japan, they love their they love their wrestling. And uh, it was a packed stadium. And uh, we had the final set up to where uh, it was us versus Japan. And, uh, and uh, somehow we pulled it out. Yeah. And uh, I know you're, you're good friends with Takara. And uh, we, uh, to make it exciting, we left it up to Takara. And she's, she's always like, I hate it when you guys leave it all up to me. But um, she uh, beat Hamaguchi. And then, uh, and then we won the World Cup. We beat Japan in their own country. Uh, everyone was so surprised. Um, and it was just an amazing thing to see the, the American flag, you know, up there above, you know, the other two countries that got second and third. It was just so amazing. And to hear our anthem, um, that's something that I will never forget. Yeah, no, I remember because the the 03 team was supposed to be the 01 team. We're supposed to have the, the world championships there, but then 9-11 mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. Beforehand, and I was just thinking, like, God, could you imagine if those guys try to do that with a plane full of wrestlers? Never happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but to, yeah. to me, wrestlers always have we have capes on as far as I'm concerned. Everybody else is more. <laughs> but um, but going back to that team, that team was just so much fun. I can remember being there, and um, you know, on the men's side, you had Kale there, you had Abbas there, you had you know, just all these amazing teams. And then you look at our girls, and it's like placing, 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 finalists, placing, placing. And I was like, man, we could win it. And then I look at Japan, and I'm like, oh god, five. And then the, the, if I remember correctly, the score was tied. I believe, and it was just on the criteria. Criteria, I think you're right. It was tied, mm -hmm. and so I was just like, man, like if we were so close, you know. And they've always been so tough. Yeah. You know? And I, I swear, one match I wanted to see was was Takara and uh, Yoshida. <laughs> I would just just for fun, just to watch that one happen. <laughs> Both so impressive, and, and I think so highly of Takara. So mm -hmm. that was going to be a lot of fun. But yeah. um, but that team though was so much fun to watch in New York, and it was just felt good to like have my face paint on my flag. I come <laughs> and I just get crushed because I look back, and there's got to be a thousand Iranian fans uh, with their, and their drums. And you just see me like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> You have just to organize something next time. <laughs> you know, when, when the World Cup was here, I really wanted to. I really, really wanted to, but I was afraid I'd get kicked out because I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm not afraid. Anybody who knows me knows I'm not afraid to be a fool at any stretch of the world, imagination. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, next next time the World Cup's in L.A., like, you can bet. I'm going to, like, organize something. I'll have party buses. I'm going to do what I got to do. But nice. But will not be underdone again. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, so. Are you gonna get those? What are they called? The Vesuvolos? Oh yeah, or the something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get every. I'm gonna, we're, we're in LA, man. I'm gonna bring a full-on mariachi band, and we're just gonna come marching nice. in, and we're gonna take it over. So it'll, yeah. it'll be fun. I'll throw tacos out. I don't care anything to get the American fans pumped up. I'm nice. gonna be about it. That's for sure. But <laughs> um, so uh, with the Fargo uh, um, experience that you had. I had a parent that did ask, uh, sent us a, a, a message on, on one of our videos and asked um, for for an injured athlete um, with a, like a concussion symptoms. Uh -huh. um, 
they were they were a little concerned because their child had to stay for the entire time. They weren't flown home right away. Um, I know my daughters had bad bad issues with concussions and things like that. Mm. Um, personally, I I would think that it's probably a good thing to have that time off before you stick a kid on a plane. Uh, but as a medical professional, uh, what's your take on that? Is it is it a good idea to send the kids home right away, or is it better to like give them a couple days, you know, monitor their symptoms before you pack them back on a plane and send them home? Um, optimally, uh, I think it'd be best to kind of watch over the kid for maybe a day, make sure their symptoms aren't, you know, getting more concerning because, uh, uh, concussion symptoms can evolve. You know, you can not have any symptoms and then like 24 hours later, you could have raging concussion symptoms. Um, and then they're also exacerbated by, uh, lots of stimulation like sound or light sometimes or noise. Um. And, and, you know, traveling the next day might not be so comfortable for that kid. Um, of course, you know, you could give them sunglasses or earplugs or something to make them more comfortable. But um, I would say optimally it'd be good to just watch over them for a day. Awesome. I think, Ramos, your mic is muted. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, so with regards to that and, and the protocol in Fargo, um, did, Josh, did did Miss Wong, did Doctor Wong call you, or or how did that kind of happen? How did you get on? How did you end up on the phone with her? Like, you know, I, my I think my wife ended up on the phone with her, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how it happened. I don't know if a coach called and then handed the phone to her, or or if my daughter called. I don't remember because I was just I was working, so I didn't know. Okay. Is there is there was there a protocol in place for that when when an athlete's injured, like in terms of you contacting them or is somebody else going to contact them or are you just treating and I got other like you know you have your hands full. Uh, as far as you know, it depends which type of injury. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I know like for us in Irving, Texas, when we were at UWW, uh, the World Team Trial Junior World Team Trials, yeah, we we were the ones like calling everybody right away, like hey. That make sure mom and dad knows, you know. But I know there was some parents who were a little upset because they couldn't. They they just saw their child disqualified or forfeited, you know, uh -huh. and they were calling. Yeah. And so I was wondering, like, I just figured I might be able to get a, a good answer for them, you know, because they, they did ask that question too. Like, you know, what's the protocol? Who who's supposed to contact me? And I was like, well, you know, that you got to call USA Wrestling for that. Yeah, if someone's disqualified, we always um, talk to a coach, and if you know if. If they'd like us to, we're always more than happy to talk to the parents. Um, I think with the mass quantity of injuries that there are, uh, it'd be hard to talk to each and every parent. But, you know, if a parent has questions, like I know um, there was one parent who had a, a, a lot of concerns and then we started him on a medication for a rash and he had questions about the rash and, and about the patient's allergies. and. I was happy to talk to them about all that because um, they were all good questions. And, you know, if I was a parent, I would want to know too. But, um, you know, sometimes someone will sprain an ankle. I mean, if the parent wants to talk about that, you know, that's cool. But we, but if we're going to disqualify, we always talk to the coach and the coach is always aware. And so, um, yeah, but if the parent would, would like to talk to us, we're happy to do that too. Yeah, we're very fortunate to have that. I will say we're very lucky to have, you know, you on board helping with that. But yeah, I know my daughter, the first year she went to Fargo, she had a torn ACL, she had a torn labrum, um, mm -hmm. meniscus. So she was dealing with two major injuries that were going to require surgery. And so uh, I was just like, just go for the experience. Just, 
go do your best. The doctor, we already had scheduled like uh, surgery scheduled for when she landed that Monday. Uh -huh. She landed Sunday. Monday, she's in the OR. She, you know, she was going to be good to go. We knew, but yeah, yeah. Still, as a parent, even though I knew those injuries, I was still like, "How are you doing? What's going on?" You know, mm -hmm. and so I, you know, I, on behalf of the parents in California, thank you for for being able to to pick up the phone and, and discuss that with parents because I know as a parent, I would be really concerned about that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So now you're in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, huh? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's uh, I love it. It's really fun. Yeah, how's that transition? Um, well, you know, as wrestlers, we like to pressure forward. And then so with pressuring forward, I would stick my head and my arms in places where they would get me in trouble. Um, so it's learning to uh, and then also being on my back. I'm not used to that, but I'm getting more used to used to all of those all of those things. Um, but as far as you know, the scrapping, you know, a good scrap is a good scrap. And um, with jujitsu, uh, I can do that. And it's something that I could do longer um, than I would be able to wrestle. Wrestling's a little bit harder on the body. Um, so I'm really excited to have found another outlet that I can do for the long term. Yeah, I know uh, some of my friends, they, they say that they go to they go over to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because the grind isn't isn't the same. It's not that it's not a grind. It's just a different grind, you know? Yeah. <laughs> two forces pressing into each other and you know literally it's it's more you know casual it's more flow it's more you know those kinds of things but mm -hmm. Josh you're on uh, mute sorry I had to unmute um we were I was questioning um what are some of the uh I guess I, I noticed that doctors that aren't familiar with wrestling or including dermatologists don't can't recognize ringworm versus impetigo uh -huh. versus maybe some staff. Like, what are beyond that? What are some of the weird treatments you've heard? I mean, I'll I'll see on like Facebook wrestlers only groups or stuff. People are like, oh, you need to soak it in bleach, or you need to pour acid on it, or you need to put vinegar. Like the dumbest things. Like besides, you know, like the pill or creams. What are there any homeopathic stuff that you've seen successful? Oh, I don't know about any of the homeopathic stuff. Um, but just with, you know, skin in general, it's important to follow up with a provider who is familiar with these uh, skin disorders because we do skin checks and uh, you'd be amazed at some of the notes that we get. Um, that So they're like oftentimes the wrong diagnosis, um, having been on the wrong treatment for two weeks and then now they've got herpes across their face and they can't wrestle. Um, or maybe ringworm treated as impetigo. And um, it's just really important to get the right diagnosis. You get the right treatment. Um, and then also the right documentation because uh, with, uh, with uh, herpes, you have to be treated for you know, a minimum of five days. And, and, and so different rashes have different timelines and um, and uh, you can you can look this all up in the internet, and then the National High School Federation has a good uh, a sheet on that. But um, it's important to get all that documented as well. So there's there's more to that than just uh, your average practitioner would know. Okay, and so, then go ahead, go ahead, Rush. Go ahead. Uh, beside, I know it was you and Doc Lane. How many other doctors, or were there any other doctors for USA Wrestling there, as far as your whole medical staff? 
Um, there was uh, Dr. B.J. Anderson. Okay. Uh, he's, uh, he's from Minnesota, and uh, he was actually one of my mentors growing up as well. He treated my first ringworm. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, the, uh, he was there for half the week, and Dr. Lane was there uh, half the week. And I was there more with uh, Dr. Lane okay. overlapping. So there is a significant benefit then to having a doctor who is who knows the grind. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yep. And then also in terms of, you know, talking about uh, injuries, it's uh, it was interesting. You know, I'm talking to the wrestlers and I was like, how, how did this happen? And they're like, well, I was in a front headlock and they snapped me down and then and then try to get around and then my knee torqued this way. And I'm like, oh, OK, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, just, just knowing the techniques and the mechanisms injury, because mechanism is huge as far as you know figuring things out. Yeah, you ever get uh, caught in the middle and you're like, well, next time you may want to like slide your knee forward, step over here, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I do, <laughs> but I try to, I try to cut that off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, my, I know with my daughter's surgeon, we made sure he he had a wrestling background because I'll say it again, we're not normal people. And to wrestle and to grind, not you're not normal. normal. So, mm -hmm. you know, the what pain is, and 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 I was a kinesis major. So growing up, mm -hmm. she was always, "What's this? What's that?" You know, and I would teach her the different kinds of pain: is it burning, ripping, tearing, stabbing? You know, what is it? You know, so she was really descriptive, and she was able to manage pain better. You know, uh -huh. because she knew like, "Oh, it's just nagging." Uh, okay, it's just like a bruise. Okay, you know, you can get through that. You yeah. know, you're dealing with, you know injuries or even rehab you know you when you're dealing with the rest you're dealing with somebody else somebody who can push a little bit further somebody yeah. who's a little bit more you know you gotta hold them back sometimes yeah yeah you know and and, yeah. that, and that's the other side of it too it's like you know they're going to push harder mm -hmm. so you know like okay i'm gonna tell them a little bit longer because i know it's probably gonna get cut back a couple days you know <laughs> yes um, yep, i mean yep. I, as, as a pta i know i ask people that like oh do you ever play sports you know, so I get an idea of like how aware they are of their body. Do you find yourself doing yes. that too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can tell the athletes, you know, when you're doing, um, you're doing uh, manual testing, they're, they're so much better at their body control and at tensing this muscle and letting this muscle loose and, you know, um, all those things. You can definitely tell when you're dealing with an athlete. And then also as far as, you know, they can tell you about the different kinds of pain because that's, that's. Uh, not something the average person who has led a sedentary life would be able to tell you. Yeah, awesome. So, um, skipping over now, um, and we ask this of of the female wrestlers all the time. How do you? Is there any tips you would give a young lady coming into the sport who's having to learn how to manage her weight, especially during those times of the month where Mother Nature is like, you're not going to make weight. Like you, we're going to, she's doing everything she can to make sure you can't make weight. You still got to make weight. You know, how do you coach or what kind of advice would you give a young lady who's just coming into the sport and learning that, Hey, you got to make weight still. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause we never, we never really talked about that. And, um, uh, one of the coaches, the women's coaches, uh, came up to me in Fargo and asked me, you know, had, had that ever been discussed? And I was like, you know it, no, it hadn't. Um, my coach just knew I was more emotional, and if I was crying, I was probably on my period. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as the weight, you know, typically um, the number that um, this this coach had told me was that from her research, typically 
about four pounds um, swing during uh, the period, which is significant, you know, when you're, you're, you're kind of watching every ounce that's going in. Um, I guess the best advice that I would be able to give is just really watch your sodium intake then, um, drink more water. Um, of course, not, you know, right before weigh-ins, but um, as, you're, as you're trying to make weight, drink more water and um, also carbohydrates. You need some, but um, if you're able to, uh, maybe cut down on the carbs because those can hold a lot of water too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's just something that we asked Julius Lada for asking you. Oh, you yeah. Know, what did Julius say? It's no excuse. <laughs> you got to make weight. <laughs> yeah, you got. <laughs> you know what's uh, coming every month. You know what's coming every month. Don't act like you don't. You know, that's like. That's true. That's true. And, and same thing. Monitor your sodium, those kinds of things. You know, and there's a lot of coaches that we hope are watching this. We hope a lot of young ladies are watching this and having not just the man tell them, but somebody who's actually gone through it and, and had to deal with it, I think it goes a long way, you know? Yeah. You know, it's easy for me to tell my, my wrestler, hey, you know what it's coming, hit that mitol, you know, three days ahead of time. Let's get, you know, get that, keep that water down, like that kind of stuff, you know? Oh, actually though, um, the mitol, um, some, of, some of the mitol has some diuretic in it, so that would not be good to yeah. take. Especially yeah. if you're gonna, if you make a world team and you got a test, that would if not. If you're gonna, yeah. <laughs> But you and Julie are absolutely right. Uh, you know it's coming, and yeah. uh, you got to plan for it. That's true. Um, how do you feel about young ladies? Uh, do you think that at some point it is beneficial for young ladies to to not compete against the men? To not compete against the men? Yeah, because a lot of states aren't sanctioned. Like California, we're very fortunate. We're sanctioned. We're still mm -hmm. not separated, though. I think that's a thing that a lot of people don't realize is that there's young ladies on boys' teams. Mm -hmm. It's still a co-ed sport in California. We have a sanctioned state tournament. So the girls mm -hmm. in the postseason, they don't compete against the boys in the postseason. They're not allowed to. But during the season, if you have a coach who doesn't really care that you're a girl, just, hey, I coach wrestling, and we have more boys and girls, so you're going to a boys' tournament, mm -hmm. is there a point that you, that you feel like, maybe it's not as safe or maybe it's a little bit more risk than reward? Um, that's tough. I mean, cause I, I, I wrestled in some college opens against, you know, against the guys. Um, but so I, I, so I didn't do that, but in college I'd say, you know, they're getting pretty strong and, and, you know, obviously if they're wrestling in college, they're at a really high level. Mm -hmm. Um, I did it anyway. Um, but I think as far as the high school level, preferably, you know, uh, if you if you have it available, you want to wrestle the same sex um, because, you know, wrestling, girls wrestling guys, I mean, it's not a big deal to us girls, but it's, I know it's, it's hard on the guys. And, and um, I always felt for the guys that, you know, I wrestled and, and some of them that I beat, you know, just because they would get crap for it. Um, but you know what, if there's no choice then that's what we got to do, but in the college, college level, it does get tough. Well, yeah, especially for you. Cause you qualified for the world at what? 112? Uh, 112. Yep. Yeah. So you're wrestling 125 or at that time, 118 probably, but that's still a significant jump, you know, cause those guys, they had day before weigh-ins and actually, I think it was, it was st still morning weigh-ins oh, yeah, for the college. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, um, but it's still like, and that was, and 125. was 125. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was, that was, yeah, that's pretty big. I mean, that's a. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, most of the guys, you know, wrestled a good match, but there was one match where the guy was trying to hurt me and, um, and he did. So, 
Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. But yeah, it happens. It was a risk that I took. So. I mean, yeah, and I think that's the thing too that a lot of the girls nowadays don't see that the pioneers did. You know, they they went out there, you know, had no other option but to wrestle anybody they could. You know, versus nowadays these young ladies can go through a whole career and never wrestle a boy. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Both sides of it. You know, I had boys on my team that I coached. You know, they they lost to some. They lost to Catline. You know, uh, who ended up being a, a U.S. Open runner-up in high oh, school. Oh, Jackie, too. yeah. Yeah, and she, man, she'd hammer these boys. And I had one kid who just did not, would not go out there. He's like, nah, I'm not going out there. I'm like, get out there. And he's like, no, not doing it. <laughs> like, all right. I guess I can't make you do it. But, you know, for a boy, I'm sure, like, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You beat a girl, oh, you beat a girl, you know. But you lose to a girl, and it's like, ooh, you know, you lost to a girl. But I think those really are, are uh state or people that don't realize the level of girls wrestling these days mm-hmm. you, know, you know a tatiana padilla who was winning boys you know greco matches in eighth grade you know and sage mortimer winning you know boys Greco matches and all these girls who are placing in boys state tournaments now i think yeah i mean do you see it now like the baseline for girls uh at a higher level than when you began oh yeah for sure yeah these girls have amazing technique even you know even at cadet levels I was watching and and um, it's just really exciting to see the level that they're bringing it up to uh, but interestingly going back to what you're saying about you know boys and girls I think jujitsu it was really interesting they're actually ahead of us in wrestling as far as um, the acceptance of women because um, because you know going into those rooms there's not very many guys that are like oh I don't want to go with you you're a girl and um, and they're just, they just seem to be so much more accepting of, of, of women than, than even wrestling is. I mean, we're still working on it, obviously. Um, and that may have something to do with uh, the fact that, you know, with wrestling, you're supposed to not use your strength. You're supposed to use your technique. Um, and uh, it's, it's really the sport, you know, where, where the small person can, can feasibly beat the bigger person with technique. So maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, it could be a cultural thing too, or just because the base mm -hmm. of it is from a different part of the world, and mm -hmm. just and how long it's you know been ingrained in their in their culture. You know, everybody, you know, the family gets in there. I mean, the big families in jujitsu are you know it's a family affair. It's not just the boys; it's the family that are in there. That's true. That's like true. That, you know? So that's amazing, but. Um, Okay. No, I, I'm very happy. I, I don't want to take up too much of your time today. I know you're you're probably crazy busy. Josh, you got anything else? Uh, just one more question. Are you involved in uh, wrestling coaching anywhere up by where you are now, or are you just practicing medicine and doing jiu-jitsu? Uh, mostly just practicing medicine and doing jiu-jitsu. Um, I just you know, graduated fellowship last year and started a new job in October, so I've been trying to get uh, my bearings. I have been asked to help out uh, – with some uh, some wrestling in jujitsu, um, okay. which I'll be doing soon, but I, I haven't really been uh, coaching, and and I'm not sure if I would have the time to. Awesome, awesome. Alrighty, well, we want to thank you again, Dr. Wong. We know you're really busy. Uh, yeah, I, again, for sure. I've been a fan for a long time. Like I said, uh, super happy to. I mean, 20 years ago, who would have thought I'd be here interviewing you? You know, like this. <laughs> Very grateful though you 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 definitely paved the way for my daughter. Uh, hopefully Aww. my little one 
too. Also, my daughter's graduated college now and stuff. But you know, just to be able to you know show her videos of you wrestling and you know some of the other girls wrestling, Patricia and stuff like that, and just say, mm -hmm. look, you know, this is how you should be wrestling. This is the level you want to get to. You know, it it really. I hope you realize exactly how you, you did pave the way for these girls when you're sitting at Fargo watching them, you know, really turn up the level. So oh, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. You want to say bye, Josh? Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate all your insight. And yeah, thank you, you so much. Girls. Thanks, guys. It was fun talking to you. All right. Take care. All thank right. You. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Josh. That was Dr. Wong. She's really cool, giving yeah. a lot of insight there. Uh, so how was your weekend, Josh? Good. Got to go down to uh, Battle of the Midway, or uh, that's the wrong name, sorry. It's called, I forget the actual name. It's called Ultimate Summer Series. Um, we jokingly called it Battle of the Parking Lot. <laughs> um, it was called something, Battle of the Beltway or Battle of... No, I saw that. Um, I saw the pictures and I was just like, man, it was definitely not what it has been. But I think that lawsuit that they had going on uh, really took a really good event, a really good idea for an event and kind of dabbed it down a little bit this year. I'm, I'm hoping next year it goes back up. I mean, I've, yeah. I've never been, but it's only because I was hoping that they would work out the kinks. Yeah. But, um, you know, this, you know, but. Yeah, I know the first the first year was a little rough. The next year they had too many participants. Um, they were wrestling until midnight. Um, this year the the competition that showed up was actually pretty legit. You know they had uh, a lot of good girls. I saw you know notable girls um, wrestling. They had uh, some New Jersey and Pennsylvania boys that flew in and brought like dual teams and also competed individually. It was kind of neat. They had kind of, a, I don't know how they organized it, but they had kind of like an all-star team based on the boys from all the dual teams. They kind of like, like a who's number one. You know, they, they had those kids kind of duel on the little stage they had in the center. They had 10 mats and then a center mat they set up for the finals um, and and the special duel they had. So, Any girls really uh, catch your eye or like just kind of show up and you're like, oh, that's going to be a name we're going to remember? Um, I think, uh, Cristal, I don't know her last name, Rodriguez, maybe, uh, my daughter's friends with her. She won like five different divisions. I think she won girls, freestyle and folk style, and then boys in one of them. And then the next division, weight division up, she won, but she won five. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, it was, uh, in a, I think it was a round robin or a group of four. It was Charlotte Kumjurian. Uh, I don't know. I always say that name wrong, and I get corrected all the time. Charlotte. Um, Charlotte K. Charlotte K. Um, and uh, Katie Gomez, incoming stud freshman, and another girl that was, uh, you know, very well known. And all three of them kind of went round. I believe it was the girl who was on the national team also. The other Birmingham girl that's a Granada. Oh, okay. That that girl. Okay. Um, and I am maybe I'm getting the name wrong. But I mean, they had a a good little group of. Yeah, there was only four, but they had a good little group of a round robin going. That it was you know a two to one match, a, a four to four match. I mean a, a four to one match. Like there's some good matches going on. 
how did that how did that Katie uh, Kamujian match go? Um, it ended up two to one. Uh, Charlotte bringing out the win. Um, takedown or, or an escape? And it was a one. Charlotte got the takedown, and uh, Katie got the escape. And yeah. and she chose neutral. Katie chose neutral going into the third period. I would have chose down, which you already get the escape, you know, but you know, they thought the takedown wins it no matter what, whether it's an overtime or in regulation. So it's, you know, not a bad coaching decision, just a different one. Yeah. And now, did, was she, did she have a hard time getting out of the bottom? Or? No, she popped right out. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that decision and I would never question a coach's decision. He knows exactly better than I do, but yeah, I mean, that's interesting. So the, to go through that. Um, yeah, I know I mean, that's a lot of Titan Mercury girls right there. You got Comedian. I think Katie Gomez is uh, LAWC. LAWC. Yeah, and then uh, I think the Red Wave girl is the, is the one you were talking about. I think she's under Titan Mercury now also. Um, so, yeah, but I didn't I, I didn't go out there this year again because I knew there was going to be some things to work out. There was some things. And it was, it was an expensive trip. I had heard, you know, talking to dads and parents that I knew there it was you know 250 a night minimum like for any of the hotels nearby I mean if you wanted to go a little further um, you know $20 to park $15 entry fee for a spectator um, so you know I'm not complaining because you know my daughter wanted to go watch and see some of her friends so I spent $60 before I even ate anything the food was really good and the food was a good price so shockingly, I, you know, a taco plate with three tacos and it was $6, I think, including a drink. So that was, you know, very fair. You know, what they weren't, they weren't getting us coming and going and coming again. So, um, think, and then it, I think that needs to be something that we add on when we do our, our tournament uh, overview. Snack bar. Snack bar and coaches rooms. I think that's exactly. what we're going to add to not just the competition, not just the quality of the running of the tournament. You know, we're going to actually add those things too, because I think it's important. You know, I know like San Fernando, man, they bring it They They got parents and they, they got a spread, you know, and it's, oh. yeah, it's if, you, if you've ever been to the boys Lacosta Canyon varsity tournament, there's a waiting list. Literally they feed you for two days straight and it's not like, it's amazing food like parents are making their gourmet dishes and then you get donated food coming in it's literally i gained i don't know eight nine pounds over that weekend for sure Jeez. yeah so i think that's going to be something that we add into the uh because yeah. <laughs> we currently are you would let people know we currently are working on a, a tournament ranking system uh you know toughest tournaments in california like the we'll call it the dream schedule if money was no option and travel was no option what weekends we would hit and strength of tournaments, right? Yeah, and I think too, we're also gonna factor in like, if we're gonna do our own rankings, these are the tournaments that we're gonna be looking at the most. Right. You know, and just so anybody knows, like nobody's paying us to do this. This is gonna be our own personal opinion. It's not gonna be influenced by any money or anything like that. I'm not gonna, hey, uh, you know, hey Josh, I know you're on the podcast, but, uh, you know, you don't get an automatic bid on the list because, exactly. uh, because you're on the inside. It's going to be based on solid numbers. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a fun week when we approach that. Um, let's let's skip on over then. Um, you know, it's the end of summer. You know, and it used to be that Fargo was like the end, like like where everybody took their break. You know, and everybody just kind of took that time off. We got through August and started the school year, but now we're seeing 
tournaments expanding and in deeper into the summer and closer to the school year and things like that. But uh, I think we can officially say summer is over in terms of wrestling. What are some clubs that you saw this year that that uh, really did a lot, you know, in terms of success and, and getting kids out there and stuff like that? Um, in the local area, in our area, I see, you know, it's kind of weird with girls wrestling, though. As soon as state's done for a lot of girls, they're done. Like, the numbers just drastically go down, which is sad. And boys seem to kind of keep going. Maybe it's, you know, we just have more numbers of boys that are happening. But it seems like, you know, boys keep going a little bit, and especially the, the one-sport athletes. And I know there's a lot of girls that are, that are real athletes that are, you know, playing volleyball or, you know, some other sports, softball, whatever it might be, that it runs in and they're done. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I see, you know, I see a ton of Titan Mercury girls at places. I see a ton of Somar girls. I see um, Walnut is now with Pounders. They had a grip of girls down there at Battle Midway. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, gonna to call it that until I know what the real name is, but we're calling yeah. it Battle Midway. I think so. they got rid of their, I think it was Allegiance, I think was the name of their club. And I think they teamed up with Pounders and uh, as did uh, Char uh, Montclair. I think they all go in there, and they and and it's a it's a huge room. They got Camilla running the practices. Uh, I think it's smart. You know, we we've had a lot of, a long time where high school coaches are basically dictating a lot of these young ladies who want extra time, who want the extra year-round stuff. And you get some high school coaches that don't want to do the year-round stuff, but they yet they put blinders on, or they put blockers down, so these girls can't go anywhere else. You know, and then you got like coaches like Matt Fur, um, like Walnut coaches, you know, actually going out there and starting to work together. I think it's great. You know, that that's gonna that's just gonna increase not only their team's ability, but it's gonna everybody else gonna see that and go, hey, you know what? You know, we can do that. We you know we can we want to challenge that. You know, and yeah, everybody was, ev everybody wins in that situation. You know, Northview, I see their girls all over all the time, especially on national trips. They they always send. I mean, to Oklahoma, they're sending six to eight. 10 girls and they sent a handful to Fargo too. So um, they're another team in the Southern section that just off the top of my head. And then there's other teams that, you know, Canyon Springs is sending a few girls here, Roosevelt sending, you know, just, you know, just supporting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, and I know that was one of the things that some of the discussions I had with, with the Somar girls, you know, when they won junior freestyle state, you know, and, and they beat Titan Mercury for it for the first time. Uh, I said, look, a lot of people are going to see this, and you know what? Now you're going to see a growth. I think it's going to be a good thing for the state as a whole. That freestyle state tournament, I think, is going to grow when they say, "Hey, look, that little club won it. You know, why can't we go win it? You know, and and you have you know Camillo and uh, the Walnut coaches and and you know Matt Fur out there. You know, Matt Matt every year Matt is doing work for these girls. You know, he's he's trying to get them the best opportunities. He's trying to you know beg, borrow, steal." get anything he can for his girls. So I, I, it'll be good. I think, I think if we see more of those clubs out there, it, it only helps the sport. I'm with you on that. It only helps the sport. And, and one thing I think that a lot of people don't realize when it comes to California freestyle state, and I think folk style is the same way folk style state for USA wrestling is you need to submit a roster like a week ahead of time in order to avoid the all-star teams. Like, Hey, we're wrestle for my team today. You just showed up type deal. 
I think it's kind of a little bit not bogus because they're they're trying to do the right thing and prevent you know a conglomerate just to come and get a trophy. Um, but I think it's a lot of people don't realize that like our our club would have won uh, junior boys if we would have submitted a roster. I did the thing, and there probably would have been a couple other teams that might have scored higher than if they would have submitted the roster. But, yeah. Um, you know, no, if you, but you just got to know that process in order to submit that roster to be in the team race contention. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that because I didn't really know until I started asking. It's not really posted anywhere, and I think that a lot of teams had in the past had gotten kind of discouraged because they're in there, they got a lot of, but they didn't submit a roster, you know. And I didn't even know my roster got accepted. You know, I was just like, oh, okay, well, I hope we're in, you know. And then the thing is too, like you said, like I know with our club. We're not out there grabbing numbers. You know, we're very fortunate. We got uh, Coach Tim Byers brings his girls out, and they got a club in their room, you know, but he still drives out and practices with us. You know, we have some pretty good name girls, but we don't have the top girls. You know, it's a little scary going in when you got a big club with a big name picking up all these big name girls, and it's like, okay, well, how are you going to do it? You know, but we actually work with our girls. You know, we work with any girls. You know, we open our room to anybody. Hey, you want to come in? You're more than welcome to. We're going to treat you like everybody else in the room. Just want you to work hard. Um, you know, but we've been fortunate. We got, you know, Anya Drury, who's, you know, a UWW and Fargo finalist. We took some girls, too, that weren't even high school placers, and they're, they're all Americans now, you know, and we actually work with the girls. So, yeah, I, I, I could say that I feel your sentiment on that with somebody just putting their name on a kid and like, oh, you're now under our club you know, you're getting us points, you know, versus us who are like, well, we're working with the girls and we're going to see where we land, you know, and, and hopefully these girls get better. And, and they did, you know, so I don't know. I think we need to have this conversation when we have some up north, um, you know, opinion on it, because it's not really fair. We're, you and I are both Southern California guys. So yeah, well, Mario uh, put a small monster singlet on anybody. So. <laughs> well, I hear, I hear some clubs have their, have their, their singlet on a tissue box. They just, you know, ours are select for a reason. They're selected. But um, but moving on from that, um, did you happen to see the uh, – we're, we're going to talk a little bit about boys here for a minute because it's because I think it's important that girls wrestlers also know about the boys side of things because the Team USA overall, right? So did you, how did you feel about Jordan Burroughs losing? That was a tough one. I watched the one from the other angle too, and they just – Wasted the block. Uh, they, I mean, you only get that. And for some people that may not know, you only get one challenge. If you win the challenge, you get that block back, which gives you another one. But if you lose that challenge, you lose the ability to challenge anything further. Um, there's always that danger of, you know, throwing a block for a one-point step out so early in the match when something later really could, you really need that block, um, which they definitely needed that block. Yeah, no, he, he, yeah, I mean, to me, the difference between 2-0 and 1-0, it's nothing, especially the first 15 seconds of the match. You know, I mean, what's the difference? If, if Chimizo scores, you're, you're still going to need to score again. It doesn't really matter. I think if Chimizo knows what's good for him, he's going to go back down, though. Oof, I don't know. When you're, you, when you're one and one and, and you keep it, you know, within range like that, I don't know. It's, it's I think it would have been a better match if they would have squirted some water on that mat. It might have been a little, <laughs> a little better match. Well, I said it too. I, I thought Chimizo was going to, was 
was in a position to be able to win the first one, but just that mat was just ridiculous. And it was going to be interesting to see this one. But I think it's good for wrestling, to be yeah. 100% honest with you. I think it's good that there's a rivalry with Jordan Burroughs. But what I find weird, though, is like Kyle Snyder loses a match, and it's like, oh, it's Snyder. He's fine. You know, he's a world and Olympic champ. And then you got Burroughs, and he loses a match, and he's oh, he's over the hill. He, you know, it's like, what? How does one guy get a pass? The other guy who's who's equally, if not, you know, more. Burroughs is still the goat right now. Serious. That's what I'm saying. So I, I find that crazy. And it's and you see it, and you're like, how's that possible? You know, but I'm interested to see how Jaden Cox bounces back. I know he just moved to the OTC, and he's working, I think, with Jackson, I think. But um, I'm interested to see how he does. Gilman looked good. I'm not a. I like Gilman. I like his personality for wrestling. I think it's great. I think it'll, it would sell more on ESPN if he had more camera time. But I'm not a big Gilman fan in the sense that he's like an Iowa guy. And Iowa guys, I was never a fan of Metcalf in terms of his style internationally. I mean, he could win the U.S., but you couldn't do anything internationally. Um, but Gilman's making me a believer. He opened up in the finals. He really was putting some takedowns together. It, it was fun to watch him. So it'll be, it'll be exciting. I mean, I, I think losses at this point in time are probably better than wins in some cases. It, you know, brings you back home with a little fire in your belly and what you need to work on. Yeah. But then you got like the two guys who probably wouldn't have made a world team if they didn't create their weight classes. And it's uh, Taylor and Dake. You know, I mean, they, you got two really tough guys in front of you. It's almost impossible to make a team. beat world and Olympic medalists to make just to make the team. But then they go out there, they just hammer. I mean, Taylor, yeah. four guys, and and Dake gets it, OW. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think Taylor even beat the the guy who put Cox in the bronze medal match last year. So it just makes you like, man, how talented have we been? You know, how long were we holding on to all that? You know, so that's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I I want to see our girls. I hope Helen's healthy soon. I wanted. I, I don't think it's it's got to be really tough even for Hedricks to to know whether or not you're going to get to go or not. I mean, if Helen's injured um, and she's not able to go, you know, it's probably beneficial to have Hedricks know ahead of time so she right. can prepare herself to be ready to go. Um, Helen's just such a freaking force, you know. I mean, you got to believe that if she could possibly get on the mat, she's going to. But also, I, th I think for her health more than anything, I, I would like to see Helen make another run one more time. Russell Yoshida, again, really put a, a staple on that. Um but yeah, I, I I hope she's healthy soon. I hope she gets to wrestle off, and we figure out who's on our world team. It's supposed to happen in camp uh, real soon, so I mean they can't wait much longer. But the I know they got camp. I know the junior camp in Fresno, right? This the, coming the open women do too. I don't know if it's going to happen at that camp or back at the OTC before they go. But um, you can bet if it's happening at that camp that you and I are taking a road trip that day. Absolutely, and flipping around because I will want to see that matchup. I mean. People, people are going to doubt Hendricks. It's, it just is what it is. But anytime you get to watch greatness in action, you bet your butt you should be there if, if you're within driving distance. Right. So I think that'll be good. But all right, Josh, that's all I got for today. All right. All right. So I'll talk to you later, everybody. Thank you very much. Again, we appreciate you guys paying attention to us, listening to us flap our gums. Um, it's important to us. We, uh, we want to do the best for it, for everybody. We want to make sure that we, um, provide you guys with what you want to know. So keep the topics coming. That's probably the biggest thing that would help grow the podcast. And, and any guests that you might want to hear about or us, us talk to, we can reach out to them. We have a couple lined up coming, but we're always looking for maybe 
somebody that we don't have our pulse on that somebody else wants to hear about. Yeah. All righty, Josh, you have a good night. Thank you, everybody. See ya. There we go.